You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Whatever you do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Folks, your team oh. every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Remember, we have a new Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy bring you the latest with the prospects. It is never too early to start prepping for the NFL Draft. Even if you're like the Packers and you feel like you can make a Super Bowl run, we always want to talk players. We always want to talk prospects. So check out the new Locked On NFL Draft relaunch on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. It is our crossover Thursday. So we have Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker from Locked On 49ers to help us break down the marquee matchup of the weekend, Sunday night football in prime time in Santa Clara. Uh, And it's going to be a great game. I don't want to waste any time because Brian and and Croc and I, we we are going to go long on this. I just know it. So let's get into this crossover for Thursday. This is your Locked On Packers, Locked On 49ers crossover for week three. It is a marquee matchup. It is the primetime matchup. I, of course, am Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers. Joining me from Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker. And guys, uh, we were talking a little bit before we jumped on here. And the, the, the big takeaway, at least for Brian and I, was... I don't really know what to expect in this game. Uh, and, and I think that makes it even more intriguing. So, so Brian, let me, let me now put this on mic. Why, why is it for you that you're just like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to expect. Yeah. These are interesting teams and, and we kind of have an idea coming into the season who they should be, but then there was some quarterback weirdness for, for various reasons on both sides um, for the Packers, obviously how different they looked from week one to week two and for the 49ers with the opponents they faced and the way they won. And now the Packers come in with a very different team on both sides of the ball than, uh, than the teams the 49ers have faced right now. So the game scripts should be a lot different. So I feel like these teams are very familiar with each other, but uh, I don't have as good of a grasp and as good of a feel with this matchup as maybe some of the past matchups. And by the way, this is an annual event. What is the fourth straight year? Niners Packers in one of those years they played twice. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it hasn't gone well for the Packers in those matchups. Um, e- even one of the games that they won, uh, it, they needed a last-second field goal to beat C.J. Beathard in a game where Kyle Shanahan schemed up some beauties against the Packers, and uh, Aaron Rodgers needed a little bit of heroics there. Croc, uh, defensively for San Francisco, you know, we we understand that that's where they've they've had to hang their hat the last few years. Robert Sala now in New York with the Giants. So what what has changed, if anything, this season, aside from some personnel, they lose Jason Verrett. Uh, he's out for the year. Yeah, I mean, defensively, they have a starting rookie cornerback out there, Diamandu Lenore. And this is an intriguing matchup for him because, you know, and Peacock will tell you, I've been worried about him vertically. Like underneath, he's been terrific. He's making plays on on balls and things like that. But vertically, I thought he might be able to get had in that way. And then the Eagles tested him twice 
and were successful. One got overturned because the guy stepped out of bounds. But, you know, to me, it's like the play still happened and the guy was still able to stack you vertically. And then you watch the Packers and they're just taking deep shots to Devontae Adams. And I feel like no matter who's that corner, those passes are being completed. But I think with him, that, that's been a big change. And then you look on the other side. You know, you, you went into the season thinking you're going to have Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley. And so far, it's been a rookie and whoever they can put opposite him, which last week it was Josh Norman. And we'll see, you know, will he be the guy? Will Emmanuel Mosley be a guy that returns? Because I thought Josh, Josh Norman played well. But I think those are the big changes and the differences in 49ers this year as opposed to any other year that they faced against the Packers. Yeah, and, and Brian, this this offense, it seems to run because Kyle Shanahan is just that great. It seems to run no matter who is at quarterback. Um, you know, he was able to win games with or at least be competitive offensively with C.J. Beathard, with Nick Mullins, with Jimmy Garoppolo, who I think even 49ers fans will agree is a somewhat limited quarterback. It's why they went out to get Trey Lance. I'm not this is this is not Jimmy G slander. The, ask the 49ers. They want someone else. So. Uh, offensively, they, I think that at least week one, they looked really good. I thought, um, Debo Samuel looks like he's all the way back. What, what do they have to, to do in this game to make sure that they can put up enough points to hang with green Bay? Cause right now it doesn't look like they're, they're having any trouble with that. They have weapons everywhere. We got to be careful, Peter, because there is uh, some Jimmy G fans out there that will not handle that. And that was very much slanderous, what you just said about Jimmy G, because all he does is wins. He should be Jimmy W, not Jimmy G, because of how often he's in the NFL. And I can't believe I've never thought about that before. Actually, Jimmy W, that's a pretty good nickname for him. Jimmy Dub. Um, yeah. It, so we've talked a lot about it. Like they've, the, the pass protection has been really good and mm. he hasn't turned the ball over a lot. And there's been, you know, some efficiency, but some misses as well. Um, you know, not a lot of air yards, 32 in the league in air yards. But I think that sort of an offense isn't quite going to cut it against the Packers unless they can run them out of the building again like they have in the past. But with all the injuries at running back, we'll see. It'll be interesting. And Kyle Shanahan's going to try. If the game comes down to the Packers can score on the 49ers, pretty darn good defense. And the Niners can't run the ball. Can Jimmy G go out and win the football game? I think that's where Croc and I have questions about Jimmy G. And do they have enough weapons? And they have George Kittle, who they haven't used a ton yet this year. They've really just featured Debo Samuel, who Croc and I both love, too. And Croc can, can talk yeah. about this because we both really liked him. If he can stay healthy, he's had so many nagging injuries in his career. When he's healthy, he's legitimate. And his usage last year wasn't indicative of what kind of a player he is. And he was on the same path coming into uh, his second year last year as Brandon Ayuk was this year coming into this year. And, and for both receivers now, the, the sophomore slump is, is strong with 49ers receivers dating back to Dante Pettis and, and some other players so uh we'll see if maybe this is the game where kyle shanahan says all right jimmy we've got to win it with you and we're going to unleash the, the full repertoire of weapons we're going to get brandon Ayuk involved short medium deep we're going to force feed george kittle so he can run after the catch and um and try to take advantage of the middle of the the packers defense so um it's going to be interesting if that's where the game script goes and that's where i have questions how the 49ers can beat good teams because they should be in almost every game if they can play defense and run the ball. If they can't run the ball, and if the Packers score, which I think they will be able to, especially more than we saw early in the Detroit game and the entirety of the Eagles game, that'll make this game really fun. 
Yeah. And, and Croc, that, that brings up a couple key points that, that I'd, I'd love your, your insight on. So just first of all, where are we at the running back position? I saw the injury report yesterday and, and all their running backs are on it. Um, and, and then secondly, what is the deal with Brandon Ayuk? Because he, he looked like he was in the, the Shanahan doghouse, the infamous Shanahan doghouse in week one. And then in week two, he's out there a bunch, but doesn't get really that much in terms of involvement in the offense. What's going on there? It's been interesting, just the, the usage of Ayuk, and I'll start there. You know, a guy who everybody was expecting to come in and really take over as the key guy, the number one guy, the wide receiver one in his offense and have just this explosive season, you know, coming off of last year where he played extremely right. well. That hasn't been the case. Now, to start training camp, he was on fire. He was catching the most passes. And if you looked at any reports from the beat writers, he was the clear wide receiver one, the way he was being targeted and how successful he was being. Between the start of preseason and week one, something changed. I don't know what. There was a report by one of the beat writers that came out about kind of his lack there of professionalism, I guess mm. you could say. Kyle Shanahan said, no, he's not in any doghouse or anything like that. It just happened. To, you know, he coming back from injury and the guy behind him just isn't bad, right? Yeah, Trent Sherfield, he's made the most out of every opportunity that he's had. But he listened to John Lynch, and John Lynch does not know how to – like shut his he mouth play or the keep game his the same well. on anything that's going on. He is super open and honest about everything. He kind of alluded to the fact that Brandon Ayuk needed to learn to become a better pro. So I think there is something there with the way that maybe he's been carrying himself. Uh, is it a quote unquote doghouse? I know a lot of 49er fans are tired of hearing that. I wouldn't go that far, but there it, it's not nothing. So I'm curious to see when it when it starts to click for him on the field, when he starts to get those targets, because the way the 49ers offense goes, anybody can become the guy. And it seems like he's been more of a decoy as far as the running backs go. Uh, there is a big kind of plug and play in Kyle Shanahan's offense. He's been able to at least yep. get some level of success from whatever running back. I think the biggest thing they're going to miss is Raheem Mostert, who's done for the year, because with Mostert, he has the threat to score anytime he touches the ball. Now, that's not to say he's going to do that, but that threat when he's on the field, like it's there. And right. without him, you just don't have that. And you probably have to work a little bit harder. And right. I think defenses can play. They don't have to play as honest when he's back there. Uh, I'm just getting word. Raheem Mostert just scored again in the 2019 yeah. NFC Championship game. It's wild. I don't know how they're still playing. I don't know what's going on, but he scored again. Uh, amazing. Um, <laughs> Brian, you guys saw firsthand how he could score anytime he touched the ball. And yes. Even on the runs that he didn't score in that game, just how he was taking angles and it looked like, wow, is he going to break off another one? And he, I mean, like you guys saw firsthand then, but he's looked like that more times than not. And I think he has, of anybody with 300 or more carries, the highest average yards per carry in NFL history. Yeah. So, yeah. Just he, he's a for sure. Amazing. Is that true? I, Aaron yeah. Jones is pretty high on that list too. By the way, I don't, I don't know, I don't know where he is at the moment. But at, last time I looked, he hadn't qualified yet for the career yards per carry average. But if he did, I think he would have been like second or third. Um, Brian, I, I want to ask you about how you think this 49ers team is is going to be able um, to to defend Aaron Rodgers, um, and and where you think that that this defense either has some advantages or where you have some concerns, which side of the ledger stands out for you? 
Yeah, and I have some questions for you that will really answer some of those because I think it comes okay. down to and and Croc talked about the the banged up cornerbacks, and I know Aaron Rodgers is going to go after the rookie out there, and he's probably go after Josh Norman too. I don't think he cares who's on either side because this uh, you know thirty two year old Josh Norman is, is not the same Josh Norman that uh, that he might avoid in this case five six years ago, but yeah. it's the 49ers. I think Croc runs a faster forty today. It's a. <laughs> I've seen Croc doing some workouts. Um, and you know, uh, crazy thing, we're the same age, Joe, and I feel so old. And I'm like, wow, this guy is still playing in the NFL. I'm like, yeah, he's still playing in the league. That's right. Um, Croc, you could have, you should have hung on a little bit longer, man, because uh, speed is overrated. Niners rolling out there with hey, some man, four six corners well, in this game. Where Josh Norman and some of the other guys are going to realize real quick: if when you don't lose, when you don't use it, you lose it. So uh, my speed has been going for quite some years. I'm 34 now. I'd say by 29, it was done. I stopped playing at 28. By 29, I was done. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it happens fast. I mean, I still got it personally, Peter. But you're still you're still fucking four six, right? Oh yeah. Oh, no, I'm 34. My 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 speed was gone when I was 17. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. But so I mean, it all comes down to the 49ers' strength, which is their defensive line. Can they get after? Aaron Rodgers and and pressure yeah. him into um, maybe making a bad throw here or there or just make life difficult for him, which is what they've done every time they've played. And that's always been the MO for the 49ers, whether they're playing the Packers or anybody else. And I know Elkton Jenkins didn't practice Wednesday and you got a, young, a lot of young players on that remade offensive line. That's where the 49ers yeah. have to win in this game. Like that is where they're built to win and that's where they have to win. Just just quickly here, Croc, if, if we're going to flip this around and you're and you're, you know, in the room with Kyle Shanahan and you're going, OK, this is where we can get after this Green Bay defense. Is Kevin it just King. a simple. OK, <laughs> that's easy. Yeah, Not Yo, I'm, getting, I'm getting after him. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to put Kevin King in a bind. I'm, I'm going to look. How can I attack him? How can I isolate him? How can I get him out there? on the edge where, you know, he's going to be in a vulnerable position. A lot of guys yep. probably remember that big play from uh, George Kittle yep. down the field. Who was in coverage? It was Kevin King, mm-hmm. right? And, I mean, Kyle is the master of understanding your rules and how to work against them. So, I think if there is anybody on that defense, I'm staying away from Jair Alexander, but I'm going after Kevin King anywhere I can. And, we're, and I'm going to see. I'm going to make him. If you make a play, great, but we're going to try it out. All right, we're going to we're going to turn the tables and and let these guys uh, put me under the bright lights here talking about the Green Bay Packers in just a second. But before we do, let's talk about our friends over at Rock Auto with the ever increasing number of makes and models. It's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why deal with it? Why? Why have to talk to someone behind the counter who probably is only half listening and let him charge you eh, whatever he feels like, because you probably don't know. I certainly don't know what the right price is. And you could go and make it so much easier on yourself if you just went to rockauto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. So why pay 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same parts at a chain store when you could just go to rockauto.com? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. All right, let's uh, let's uh, make it happen with uh, Brian and, and, and Croc. I mean, 
I've got a lot to say. I always do. So what, what do you got for me? <laughs> well, let's leave off with some of the, the things we were just talking about and how they look from the Green Bay Packers side. So when Aaron Rodgers is under center Sunday night, who's going to be blocking his blind side? Who's going to be blocking his front side, his middle side, and his right side? The rookies in there. That's a nice proposition, right? Because you got Nick Bosa, you got D Ford, who miraculously somehow is healthy in this season. Uh, you've the the 49ers first rounder from last year, the first first rounder, and Javon Kinlaw was back in the lineup last week. So um, there are some horses on the 49ers front. How are they going to? How are the Packers going to block them? Well, the answer to that question is, I don't know. But um, here's what I do know for sure. Uh, Josh Myers, the rookie center, he's going to be there. He's the guy. He is the highest rated rookie offensive lineman by Pro Football Focus. Um, I think he's the number four center in the league through two weeks. He's just been rock solid from day one. They drafted him in the second round, and and he is their guy. Rodgers loves him. He's huge. I think he's the biggest center Rodgers has ever had. And then they have Royce Newman in at right guard. He played tackle in college at Ole Miss. And he came in and won that job from Lucas Patrick, who was solid for the Packers last season. Um, and then we don't we don't know beyond that. And we don't know beyond that because, as you mentioned, Elton Jenkins didn't practice on Wednesday. And that throws into question where you're going to put the rest of these guys. If, if he, Elton Jenkins can go, then you're going to have Elton Jenkins at left tackle, Billy Turner at right tackle. Billy Turner has also been solid this season. And then there's questions at left guard because Lucas Patrick is coming out of a concussion protocol. John Runyon Jr. played for him last week and actually I thought played much better. Lucas Patrick has had a bit of a nightmare preseason and, and camp. He got beat out by Royce Newman. They put him on the left side um, because they weren't thrilled with how JRJ had, had been making progress. And then, of course, he goes out and has you know, arguably his best game as a pro. Maybe he's just a gamer. We'll see. If Ellen Jenkins can't go, then then what? And I think the answer is Billy Turner is going to play left tackle. Dennis Kelly, who they signed from the Titans, is going to play right tackle. And you're going to see a lot of 12 personnel. You're going to see a lot of 21 personnel, a lot of opportunities for the Packers to get into six-man protection so that they can chip. They can use Mercedes Lewis. You got it. Then I think you'll see even more jet motion. I mean, the Packers are top 10 right now in, in pre-snap motion usage, but I think you'd see that number go up just because you have to. Um, the play-action numbers probably have to go up because you have to give yourself every opportunity to slow down that pass rush and and they still might not be able to do it. That said, you know, Nick Bosa off to a, a, a bit of a slow start. I mean, Panay Sewell played really well against him in, in week one. Um, and uh, I know, I know Armstead is dealing with the injury. So, you know, everyone's, everyone's hurt. This is football. Uh, no one's going to, no one's going to make any excuses. Uh, but if, if the Packers have their guys, if they have Elton Jenkins, I think they'll be in a pretty good place. This offensive line, um, ha has played well so far this season. I, I have a question real quick. And, and, yeah, and you touched on, you touched on this guy a little bit, but Aaron Rodgers, I, I can't just gloss over this situation. <laughs> I'm watching TV and he's on there and just his whole like person, like his whole attitude. Does he want to be there? Because he's giving off this vibe. Like this year is kind of whatever. And, you know, even with him talking to the media, I'm like, is he directing this towards the media? Because he's like, yeah, you know, let these trolls talk. And I mean, just all these little things that he's saying. I'm like, is he talking about Peter? Like, who is he going after right now? So um, Maybe what's up with Aaron Rodgers? Is he happy? Is he all in? Is he all in right now? Uh, what is that situation like? 
I, I hate that my answer to your first two questions is I don't know, but I don't know. And, and I, I know what he's projecting publicly, right? I know that he's saying, look, this is all BS and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'm here. I'm locked in. I'm all in. But I said this on my show after week one. It is totally fair for you to ask this question because he opened the door to it with the way that he handled his his entire offseason. And and uh, by the way, he won't stop talking about it. He has done every interview, every show, every interview request he has apparently said yes to. He keeps talking about it. And then, you know, this is the same guy who said in, in silence, there is wisdom or there's wisdom in silence, whatever the, the, the line is. And yet he won't stop talking. And so it's just like, at some point we have to put this behind us for everyone to be able to say, okay, this is behind us. Otherwise this is a wound that even if it's scabbed over, we're going to keep picking at the scab all season. If the Packers go out and lay an egg on Sunday night. We're going to have these questions all over again. I mean, this is going to be the roller coaster that we ride all season. And, I, you know, I, I just I, I can't tell you for sure that Rodgers is thrilled to be there. This is a guy who, you know, multiple prominent hooked in reporters said he does not ever want to play for the Packers again. And, and then here he is. So when you get to that point. How all in can you really be? I don't even know the answer to that question. And maybe he is better at compartmentalizing things than I am. So we know about that situation. And we also know about his rapport with Devontae Adams. But mm -hmm. who's the number two guy? Because it seems like for the last couple of years, they've been trying to find that guy who's going to step up and be that consistent guy opposite Devontae Adams or on the field with the same times with Devontae Adams. Is it Lazard? Is it uh, Valdez Scantling? Like, what is that situation looking like right now? And who should the 49ers kind of worry about? Or is it the tight end? Because it seems like he's been pretty protective as well. So if you go back to last year's matchup, and I think this is a, a template that you'll you'll see a lot of moving forward. In that in that Thursday night game, where the 49ers, like I think you, I think both of you started in that game, they were so banged up. I mean, they they like didn't have anyone for that game. Um, it was Aaron Jones' first game back in in a couple games, and he just was everything for them. It was jet sweeps. It was running the ball. It was it was splitting him out and letting him work in space. And we saw that against Detroit. Aaron Jones was the offense. It was Rodgers, Jones, and Adams. That was their offense. And then he throws the seed in the, on the seam ball to, to Big Bob Tunyon, and you get that whole thing too. But the offense was run th basically through Aaron Jones. And I think that, especially as these teams insist on playing these two high coverages, it's going to be the Aaron Jones show. They're going to they're going to be looking to check the ball down and be judicious about how they take these shots, because if everyone's going to play too high and I expect the 49ers are going to play a bunch of too high um, and I'm sure they'll play some where they disguise it and, and spin down and all of a sudden it's single high and they're, they're they know that they're not going to trick Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the 49ers have had success just sort of bullying the Packers, um, whether it's whether it's, you know, with their with their front, whether it's their physicality on the outside. In terms of their receivers, I mean, we haven't seen MVS produce. We haven't seen Alan yep. Lazard produce. We haven't really seen either of them do much of anything. Um, Valdez Scanling was open a couple times against Detroit. Rodgers missed him on some go balls. And then there was the back shoulder throw that he wasn't able to get back to. They, I didn't think he worked hard enough to get back to. He at least gets a DPI call there if he does. So they're still trying to find some rhythm with these other receivers. I think it could be Randall Cobb. Honestly, and and he's still trying to find his his role in this offense. But I think they found something last week. Rodgers was looking to him 
on third down. They convert the third and 14 to Cobb. They converted a third and eight or nine to Cobb. I think especially on third down, when when teams are going to load up to stop Devontae Adams, he's going to be the guy working in this in the middle of the field, whether it's on the side where, the, where they're sending help to Devontae and you might vacate a safety a little bit. I think that could be where you see Randall Cobb start to get a little bit more involved and, and maybe even more of the backfield stuff. I mean, they played a lot more 21 personnel last week um, with, with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones on the field at the same time. You know, a, a Fred Warner, A.J. Dillon collision in the hole would would um, be fun. And I hope we see it. Absolutely. That would be a lot of fun. Peter, uh, I, I have more questions for you here. We got to make some predictions for this game. But uh, first, I want to tell everybody about betonline.ag because the football season is back better than ever. All eyes back on professional football, college football. And as always, Bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. A new updated site and interface, uh, even more odds, props, contests at betonline.ag. They continue to be the number one source for everything football, including those lines on Packers 49ers, which I believe is Niners favored by three and a half at home, which is, is a tough one for me to pick. But we're going to have to make those picks here in just a minute. And you can too at betonline.ag. I bet those odds for Aaron Rodgers MVP are pretty darn good right now. That might be something you want to sink your money into. So go head into betonline.ag, the website, mobile device. You can sign up today, receive your 100% welcome bonus by using promo code locked on. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And if you want to save some money and maybe uh, spend that money into more money, Use GetUpside, the GetUpside app, which is fantastic. Something I didn't know about, and then when I learned about it, I was blown away. And it is 100% legit. An incredible app. Everyone who buys things like gas need to know about. Listeners can make up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store, Google Play, wherever you get your apps. Find it there. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. So if you're good at math as I am, 25 plus 25, that means $0.50 cents cash back on your very first tank. So don't go pay full price at the pump anymore. Go use the GetUpside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN. To get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your very first tank, that is code touchdown with the Get Upside app. All right, we're back here, Peter Bukowski. I took over hosting duties there. It was uh, I just uh, I wanted to take over Locked On Packers for just a minute here, and I know the folks out there watching on YouTube uh, have a fun time seeing. Peter's mug now. We've got some beards working here. For those of you listening to Locked On 49ers and aren't watching on YouTube, I wish you could see how well-groomed uh, these three gentlemen are doing this podcast today. At BD Peacock on Twitter, at Eric underscore Crocker. Peter, I got a question for you. If the 49ers, as we pontificated earlier, try to bully <laughs> the Green Bay Packers and run the heck out of the football, what is the plan? I asked you what the plan was to protect your quarterback, what is the plan to stop the run? Because I feel like just on paper, there's no Zedarius Smith. You know, the pass rush could be, uh, you know, work in progress, I think, for a little while for these Green Bay Packers. But when I see names like Chris mm-hmm. Barnes and Devondre Campbell, I'm thinking, okay, this is a recipe for the 49ers to run the ball and throw the heck out of the ball to 
George Kittle. But I have a feeling the Packers know that teams are going to try to do that. So there's got to be a plan to thwart that attempt, right? Well, theoretically, right? Well, I mean, the, the, such that there has been a plan. No, um, the, the the defense has has been a little inconsistent. But I thought in the second half, they unlocked some things. And part of it was they just started playing better. They started playing faster. Remember, this is a team that is that is making a, a pretty significant alteration in the way that especially they play coverage. A lot of the fronts are similar. Um, there's going to be some some similarities. I mean, there's always going to be some crossover in the designer blitz game and, and some of that stuff. I mean, I think Kevin King came off the slot for the first time ever. In a, on a slot blitz um, last week, I, I had I don't think I'd ever seen that because he doesn't play the slot. But that is a an adjustment that they've made to get Eric Stokes out on the field. This team is playing bigger than the Mike Patton teams did, right? So they Mike Patton, no one played more dime than Mike Patton, and this team is is not doing that. They're playing more base. They're playing more traditional nickel, and that means Chris Barnes and Devondre Campbell on the field at the same time now. Are those guys great? No, but they're also not liabilities. And, and I thought Devondre Campbell didn't play particularly well in week one. I thought he had a rough start against the Lions, but just like everyone else, he started to make some plays, started to settle in, and everyone started to play better. It, it started last week with the change in the secondary, and then they tweaked Kenny Clark's alignment. He was playing a lot more three techniques, something they were trying to do to get him more opportunities to rush the passer, more opportunities to beat the crap out of guards. And it just, the other guys that were in there, the Tyler Lancasters of the world just weren't doing enough. And so they put him back over Frank Ragnow, who is an MFer. I mean, that guy is, is a good player and Kenny Clark worked him a couple of times. And, and so I think that's where it's going to start. Those guys have to have to win a little bit more consistently up front. I mean, Trent Williams, that guy's on another plane right now. I mean, I've been watching some of the stuff that he's been doing. The guy is unbelievable. And the Packers ends, edge rushers and 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 outside linebackers, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to bring the big boy pants in this game because Trent is he's unbelievable. Um, and and I think to your, to your point about George Kittle, the Packers doubled um TJ Hawkinson. Um at, at times. I think I think we could see that with a linebacker and a safety over the top. But how can they stop Shanahan's running game? If Shanahan is in his bag and deep in his bag, I don't think they can. It's going to be a matter of the offense being their best defense. If Green Bay can score, then now you're forcing you're forcing the 49ers to throw it a little bit more. And I think that that's where in there, especially in the drop back game, that's where you start to have an advantage. We brought up Kevin King earlier and uh, you brought him up there again, actually. The rookie First round pick, maybe a little bit of a surprise first round pick to some. Eric Stokes yeah. out of Georgia uh, started slow, I think, on Monday Night Football. It's a short week. I don't know if this is the week you plug somebody in, but is Eric Stokes taking Kevin King's job at some point and as early as this week? No, no, it happened. And and they didn't announce it, but it happened. Um, in whatever they're in nickel, Stokes is your boundary corner. They moved Kevin King inside. They found an excuse for Eric Stokes to be out there. And it was, well, we're going to play Kevin King in the slot. And it's like, okay, is that the best place for him? Well, if they're in quarters, maybe. Because as an underneath zone defender, then you're you're losing some of the things that make him uh, a liability in coverage. His deep speed, his ball tracking is awful. Um, and he had a play, the, the play that he got beat on against Quintez Cephas. I posted the clip with the caption. It was just, you? Because he almost falls over trying to flip his hips inside. And then grab Cephas turning around 
And then when the ball is in the air, he almost falls over just running to find the ball. I mean, it was it was like it should have the Keystone Cops music under it. I mean, it's, it's so bad. And then later in the game, Eric Stokes on a on a somewhat similar play. I mean, he wasn't defending a second reaction play, but it was a double move go ball. And he's just in phase the whole way. And you're just like, OK, the, the movement skills are so different and the physical abilities. I know Kevin King ran four four at 6'3", 200 pounds, which is crazy. But this is something that that Croc talks about all the time. If you can't move, if you can't change directions, I don't care how big and, and tall you are. Like, it just doesn't matter. If you're if you're big and fast, that's great. But you have to be able to change directions to play corner. And Kevin King just can't. So I don't even know. Like, I've suggested, okay, maybe they should just like against a team like the 49ers, just say, okay, you have George Kittle. But then the, the someone like George Kittle is such a weapon in the run game that you're you're that's death for your because you're gonna play small eventually. They're gonna put you in 12 personnel and now you're now you're a nickel. So you're you're really in a tough position with Kevin King. He just he just shouldn't be out there. That's where we are. How, so what are they doing as far as with Jair Alexander? You know, are are you guys like strictly sticking to like a side? This guy plays left side, this guy plays right side, yeah. or is there like a boundary thing, or are they asking Jair Alexander to do more, maybe shadow guys or follow guys around because right now the 49ers most productive receiver, well, most productive receiver in the NFL is Debo <laughs> Samuel who has 282 receiving yards through two games. Are they going to ask Jair Alexander to have to man up on Debo to maybe kind of slow him down or limit his touches? Uh, well, so that's a good question. And we haven't been in a position to, to even judge that because through two games, the Packers have not faced a team that has a go-to receiver. So, I mean, the, the Saints, it's Marquez Calloway and and someone, you know what I mean? Like Deontay Harris got them a couple of times, but they don't they don't have guys where you need to worry about. And then last week, it's the same sort of thing. Like the Lions don't have that guy for them. That guy is TJ Hawkinson. So you, that they, they they handled that with a double. So this could be a week where you say, OK, if Debo goes in the slot, then Jair is going to play in the slot. Um, or if, if, you know, Debo right now it's left corner, right corner. That's how they're playing it. They're not flipping sides. They're not, they're not shadowing. And I don't know if this is the week even to do it because of what Sherfield is doing because of what Ayuk is capable of doing. I think you probably just leave Jair where he is. And then maybe we see him more in the slot. They've been mixing that up a little bit. I'm, I'm interested to see who's going to play more uh, if Shannon Sullivan is going to play that, that slot role a little bit more this week. Darnell Savage could be in that role a little bit more this week. Um, they're getting Vernon Scott, one of their backup safeties, back uh, practicing. So I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how they play it this week, especially with Kittle and Debo and Ayuk and all those guys. Uh, we could, you, you and I, uh, the three of us could talk forever on all of this um, because we just like to talk ball. But uh, let's get to some predictions here. Uh, the, the line is three and a half. It has been pretty steadily three and a half. Interestingly, before the Monday night game, it was three and a half and it is still three and a half. So Vegas clearly thought uh, the game played out the way that they thought it would. Uh, Brian, I'll start with you. How do you see this playing out? Uh, I hate that half. I really hate that half. Um, <laughs> I think that they're they're basically saying that the Niners are half point favorites in a neutral site. I might give the 49ers a slight edge beyond that, but uh, it's tough for me. I, I think I might take Green Bay in the points. I think I need to see more from both of these teams, though. Uh, I wish it was a game four matchup. I feel like I would I would know a lot more about these teams. 
And I do have a feeling Kyle Shanahan's got something up his sleeve. Might see a little more Trey Lance, and we might get to see him actually chuck it a little bit, see that arm strength. And I think that might be one of the wrinkles that he hasn't shown and didn't want to tip last week against the Eagles that he might start have to start having to bring out against the big boys here. Um, I do think the 49ers will win this game straight up. I don't like the three and a half points, though. So if I'm betting against the spread, I'll go Packers straight up. I'm going to go 49ers. Croc, what, what say you? Ooh, I, you know, and again, I don't want to come off as a homer, but if I pick against the 49ers, the, the, the fan base that come attack me, they've called me a Rams <laughs> fan. They've called me a Seahawks fan because of some of my takes just on their oh, players. No. So I'm going to, by default, I have to go with the 49ers. I'm hoping that it doesn't come down to this quarterback outdueling the other quarterback. If the 49ers can sustain the run game and continue to play defense like they are and have Jimmy Garoppolo just make a throw here and there, if Jimmy doesn't turn the ball over, which he hasn't this year. That's one thing we haven't touched on. Jimmy has not turned the ball over ex- aside from the opening play of the Lions game where they fumbled, and I'm pretty sure they put that on him. But uh, 49ers have been pretty good. Jimmy Garoppolo has definitely been efficient. I'm going to lean 49ers here, and I'll even get a, give a point prediction. I'll say 31-28. So they don't cover this point spread. So that's where I am with this too. I think that is, I I think if this game is in week 10, I think Brian's right. I think I have a much better feel for it. And by the way, I think it means a lot more. I don't think the game now is going to mean like if this is a game that we get a repeat of in the playoffs, I'm going to be the one saying regarding the Packers win 35, 13, and I'd be in the playoffs going, that game means nothing. These two teams are totally different now because of X, Y, Z reasons. So um, I, I think that, I think the Packers can score. I, I think the, the 49ers are going to be able to score. And I think it's going to be a very entertaining game. Um, but I, I just, I have, I have so much more faith in the 49ers defense, even with some of the deficiencies to be, um, at, at their peak. I think if the Packers play their best game and the 49ers played their best game, I think Green Bay would win, but I don't have faith that that will happen. That is the problem that I'm, that I'm having right now. And so I just because Croc said the number that I was thinking, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 30 to 27. Packers cover the number, but lose the game. I don't like us all sitting on the fence like this. Niners by 10. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I think it's also, and, and this is, this is something that we talked about. If the Packers won by 10, if the 49ers won by 10, I don't think any of us would be surprised by that just because we've seen a lot of variance in what this team can do. I mean, the Lions, put up a bunch of points in the second half against this 49ers defense. So let's see what Aaron Rodgers can do. But at the same time, we saw what happened in week one for the Packers. So it's one of those great things. I can't wait to talk about it. I wish we got to do another one of these next week so we could talk about what the heck happened. But uh, we'll we'll be talking. I'm I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm confident that we'll be doing this again come January. Thanks, guys. 